Welcome to Watch Our Crappins, a podcast about all that crap on Bravo that we just love to talk about. I'm Ben Mandelker. Joining me today is just a wonderful, wonderful man. It's Mr. Ronnie Karam. How's it going? Well, hi, Ben. How are you doing today on this big Monday? Oh my gosh, good. I'm a little um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City hungover. I mean, me my too. Goodness, that was just so much housewives and one night we did a nighttime recap and so i was loopy and then i couldn't yeah. sleep and then i was dreaming hi how are you like lisa <laughs> barlow in my dreams and then yeah um got up and did some potominess so i'm ready to jump into potomes yeah i also did not get a lot of sleep and i'm feeling very crazy i feel like i'm like not even present i feel like i'm just like my mouth is moving but who knows what's coming out i'm like candace herself basically um by the way tonight is take a seat night so come join us on spotify green room it's at 10 o'clock on the east coast seven o'clock on the west coast um like spotify green room is an app you don't need to have spotify to use it but if you have the spotify if you have a spotify account you could use it to log in okay and it's all free and what happens is that we talk about stuff and then you guys talk about stuff and then we respond and then you respond it's a conversation so um, it's also really, really fun, and we have lots of cool people on there, and we're getting more and more numbers, which is so cool that people are taking the time to listen. So thanks for doing that, and we'll see you there tonight. Uh, what are we going to – I don't even know what we're talking about tonight. Probably – well, obviously Jen Shaw and all that stuff, probably the Potomac reunion, and um, whatever the, the latest gossip is in the world of Bravo and beyond. It'll be good and times. you guys can tell us what you want to talk about, too. There's a big chat room in there. Um, also, let's go get some Watch What Crappens live tickets. Go to watchwhatcrappens.com. That tour is coming up starting in January in New York City and continuing from there. Tons of shows. Go get your tickets. And today, we open with a horror chandelier. It's like a horror movie chandelier and horror sounds in the background because we hear Nicki Minaj doing a voiceover. And um, I personally can't wait for Nicki Minaj. Look, I know people are pissed off that she's not vaxxed and she's got lots of crazy shit going on, but yeah. she's on TV. Like, I can't catch it from the TV. So I'm I fine don't think with it. I, I don't <laughs> think you can, but you never know these days, huh? Um, so I guess uh, you never do. <laughs> Could you imagine? What a irresponsible television. Just when <laughs> you think it can't get worse. They're like, TV is infecting people with COVID. The <laughs> moo cow virus. There's like 9 million different strands of it. Strains of it. Whatever, okay? I'm just <laughs> glad to see Nicki Minaj come on and drag some people. I know. I like the idea. People are, are scared that the vaccine is going to track them while they all while we all have like these TVs that are like literally watching us in our living rooms. <laughs> like Black Mirror style. So, um, uh, anyway, so as always, as per tradition for a reunion, we are, the women are arriving at the Westin for glam. So they're, they're showing up and Andy's basically going from room to room being like, Hey, how's it going? I'm in your hotel room. Yeah. Um, and Candace comes in dressed, uh, dancing around with her makeup people and Robin's big line of the whole episode. Robin comes in and she goes, I'm awake. 
<laughs> which is pretty pretty much sums up Robin's season, right? And then yeah. Andy walks in kind of stumbling through the hallway. I think, <laughs> I think he's probably still exhausted from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, too. He's like, yeah. So he goes over to Karen first, of course. And he's like, Karen, how do you feel about the season? She's like, well, Andy, we had a lot of fire. A fighting cheers. So... I am looking forward to the first parade for the ambassador of Surrey County, Andy. <laughs> and then he walks in on Ashley and she's like getting dressed. He's like, is this a bad time? Because that seems like a great segue to ask you, how are your boobs? Are they still your own? Did you get them any larger? Just preloading the questions. Well, I know she's got her hands down her boobs too, trying to adjust them in her uh, dress. So it's a perfect time for him to come in. Yeah. Um, and then, and then and he checks in on Giselle, and Giselle, of all people, is like, I think it's time uh, that we have a conversation. I feel like we're done with the name calling. Uh. I'm like, yeah, good luck with that, Giselle. <laughs> and poor Mia. Andy doesn't even go visit her. So she just has to talk to her hairdressers. She's like, <laughs> um, it's interesting to see what people really want to see. Like, why not just say it to my face, Andy Cohen? And then Andy, and then Andy walks into uh, Wendy's room. He's like, Zen Wen, you smell great. She goes, oh, it's on yay. It's on yay. So, you know, promoting her candles, etc. Lifestyle brand. He's like, okay, I don't care. So are you going to yell at Giselle today? She's like, I hope she owns up to the fact that she's being messy, Andy. <laughs> so then he comes into Candace's room and he's like, drive back. Drive back, Candace. Oh, yeah, drive back. Can't get it out of my head, Candace. <laughs> he's like totally doing a dad dance as he boogies into her room. Yeah, and she goes, Andy, I come in peace. I no longer am the Twitter disaster. There are others who've graduated. And then we see a tweet of from Mia that says, like, We're wearing designer, living in a towner, townhouse with your mother. Wonder why we haven't seen your luxurious, lavish light house, housewife lifestyle. Ho ass, ass spelled with two dollar signs. Nah, college kid. I'm a boss bitch with the I as a dollar sign. Hashtag Mia Thornton with a CEO emoji. Try again. <laughs> and I love how the editor has made certain phrases big, like, yeah. Husband is really big, and then tossing my salad is also really big. And then her hashtag is Sue Shelf, which <laughs> I'm not really sure what that is, but I cracked up anyway. <laughs> Sue Shelf. Uh, I also I like uh, Candace saying that she's no longer a Twitter the, tw the Twitter disaster. I'm like, just because Mia is a Twitter disaster doesn't mean that you're no longer the Twitter disaster. You're you're still, you, like you're still the worst one. You're still Candace, okay? You're still Candace. So then um, Candace is like, but I will say, if you knock on my door, he's like, you're going to blow up. I love it. Can't wait to yell at you later. It's going to be great. Yeah. All right, everybody, let's get seated. Um, and Wendy's just at the craft services looking for cheese puffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, they've got these enormous sofas this year, but they're very like Wayfair outdoor sectional vibes going on right there with like some teak, etc. And so, but they're like, they're huge. And so the women are coming out and Ashley's out there and he's like, wow, you look like a Barbie doll. She's like, well, I'm Darby's, Darby's Barbie. That's what I am. Darby's Barbie. Ugh, gross. And then um, Mia's the first one out there, and she's just sitting there, and she's like, I had to do this all season, waiting for hours. Finally, I started my, bringing my computer, because time is money, honey. And he's like, wow, smart. 
Like, he doesn't seem to like her at all. So then yeah. Karen comes out in her hot pink, and Zen Wen comes out, and she's got a folder, which yep. we already see it's holding, like, a FedEx Kinko's-sized poster board. Yeah, I don't there. know how she did that. <laughs> and then Andy's like, um, uh, they're still waiting on Candace, and he's like, will you tell Candace I'm a drive back to New York City if she doesn't come out soon? Drive back! <laughs> So everybody's there, and hello everybody, I'm Andy Cohen, welcome to Season 6 Reunion. Joining me are the gorgeous women of Potomac. This season was as lit as a three-wick candle, drop back, drop back. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you call a candle that doesn't know how to get home? A candle that needs to drop back, drop back, and get that, Candace? Because your name actually has a little bit of candle in it but not all the whole word. So um, he asked Giselle if um, her kid drove her badly hmm. to the set. And then he tells Candace, congrats on your full-length album. And she's like, yes, a deep space is in a deep space. Mm-hmm. Which, which is great. That's uh, great to hear that <laughs> the, the Martians are uh, digging it. So then Andy's like, well, I heard you got a shout out from the... Anita Baker. She's like, yes, yes, I did. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, which also is, I'm, I'm wondering how that worked out. Like the, the idea of like Anita Baker sort of intersecting with Candace Dillard in some way, like in her life, I just don't see it. I, I, it's a strange thing to me, a strange thought to me. Well, it's kind of it's kind of amazing, and it's also kind of scary. <laughs> like, what's going on over there, Anita? But the tweet was also not like, "Oh my God, this song's amazing, Candace." Wow, Anita Baker is dancing in her living room right now, Candace. It just said, yeah. "Women." Next line, supporting. Next line, women. Hashtag the real Candace Dillard. It, it felt very much like like the cameo version of Twitter. Like someone paid her thirty dollars <laughs> to say, "Can you write this?" It was sort of soulless, yeah. So then um, Candace is honored, you know, which, you know, it's fun to shit on her, but that is really cool that Anita Baker tweeted her. So then Andy's like, oh, hi, Wendy, it's going to be hard for me to raise my eyes because you're serving happiness. She's like, on a platter by Oni, Andy, on a platter by Oni. Yeah. Mia, hello, it's your first reunion. Are you going to be tossing any salad today? And she goes, is there any salad? Maybe some, maybe some fruit. I can toss the fruit. Don't threaten me. We've got a rule against that since Teresa tried it. All right, Karen. Hi, Karen. It's like, hello, Andy. We're not in Surrey County, but is Surrey County in you, Karen? Is it? Where's Surrey County, Karen? Yeah. Oh, Every time Andy. he sees Karen, he does this, by the way. I've does seen him he? do this line with Karen like a million times now. Yeah. Really? Because she goes, always. Surrey is always in me. Surrey ham. The best thing to have inside you. Hmm. So, uh, Andy's like, Robin, am I seeing some embellished culture? She's like, well, it's not from embellished, but it is embellished by Hobby Lobby stuff. We're trying to save some money, Andy, right? This, it was a, this is done by glue gun. This is addressed <laughs> by glue gun, Andy. Glue gun. Hi, Ashley. You came in and I said that you look like a Barbie doll. And, uh, you know, since I know we just showed it to the audience about two minutes ago, but let's reenact it. So I said you look like a Barbie doll and you said... I'm Darby's Barbie, Andy. That's what Michael calls me. Oh, it's still so good. So good. 
Uh, so let's see. Ash Ashley likes Mia's dress the best. And then um, Andy's like, Giselle, we have a question about your fashions. Peanut from Butter asks if you have always had the same stylist. And she's like, yes, sir. The same, ma. He's like, well, how's that been successful for you? What, what's that journey like? <laughs> and she's like, yes, sir. It has been successful uh, for me. Uh. And he's like, well, do the ladies believe her styling has improved over the 11 years? And Candace is like, well, I don't agree with a lot of your choices. And Giselle's like, well, I don't agree with a lot of yours, ah, but they look good on you. Ah. She goes, yes, but what's fine for me is probably fine for others, too. Um, yeah. So then Karen's like, listen, we can't expect any improvement from Giselle. Mm -hmm. That's just gonna be... <laughs> and Giselle gives an offended face. I mean, can Giselle just have one day where people aren't ragging on her clothes? I mean, there's so much about Giselle to rag on, you know? Yeah, I mean, her but clothes suck, but they're not that bad, are they? Well, but it's also one of those things, like, it's just something that's so easily fixable. And she's just sort of like, you know not willing to change up this whoever the stylist is that like basically you know leafs through a z gallery catalog and then decides to find the the sartorial version of that like maybe it's time to have a, an updated you know person on the team to help isn't that out. cal though does anybody really want to fire I, cal no i think cal is hair listen cal is not like mikey minden okay mikey minden is a catch-all gay he does hair he does style <laughs> he does choreography he does makeup he like fetches tender greens, like whatever he whatever he needs to <laughs> he do. He does Cal a little caulking like, in the bathroom if he needs to. <laughs> he literally does everything that Erica needs him to do because like his that's what his life is based around is being like the gay best friend. But Cal is like, I have a salon, so I'll do your hair and I'll show up and I'll help you, you know, make crabs at Sharice's house. But that's about it. Before we dig in, we have a very special video from a Potomac superfan we hoped would be here. Anita Baker, take it away. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck am I doing on here? What is this? Am I being paid for this? Am I being paid? Yeah, it's like it's like someone found like a like a T-Mobile sidekick and shot a video on it of Nicki Minaj, who like a whole different <laughs> Nicki Minaj than I've ever seen. Like, wow. I mean, like Nicki out of makeup was a very different experience. And uh, she just sends like this video being like, oh, sorry, I wish I could be there, but I can't be there. So have a fun time, girl. And uh, they're really kind of like gilding the lily about the fact that they're going to surprise the women later on with Nicki Minaj. So Andy's like, wow, that was wild. She wants to be sitting in this chair hosting the reunion. But unfortunately, she can't make it because she's stuck in the Himalayas. Oh, God, she's so <laughs> impossibly far away, right? Wow, that is amazing. I'm a Bob. I'm a Bob. So he's like, well, sorry it didn't work out, ladies. Bobby, thanks for trying. <laughs> Unfortunately, she just can't be here because she had all her limbs amputated. So she just can't come by. Sorry, I hope no one has their hopes up. So Mia, not much I can say about you in books. I'm assuming that you don't read them, but you are kind of an open one. But as any good chiropractic mogul knows, every good story has a few cracks. <laughs> and then it's Mia's um, Mia segment. Yeah. The old crack in the story montage. <laughs> so, um, so we see just like Mia's whole thing. And then Andy's like, so Mia... How did you like the experience of joining this group? And as we 
like to just to reiterate, it's a group that does not include Nicki Minaj. You will not be here. Go on. <laughs> it's been a wild ride, Andy. Let me tell you. And Wendy's just like, ah, ah. like Wendy's just making dirty looks this whole episode for no reason. Also, why is she sitting right next to Andy? Why? I think it's why isn't that Karen? It's a little surprising. Right it should it should be Karen, but I think it's because Wendy has just like a. I mean, her fight was kind of the center of the season even though candace and mia had a, had a big blow up it was really just i feel like the season was about the the uh like wendy's boobs and then the like the what's the right word the falling apart of her relationship with giselle and robin okay the assembly de-evolution devil i can't i, I told know. you i don't know sartorial what Sartorial. Just say that. Yeah. Um, so he's like, you know, uh, uh, oh, this, sorry, Ashley said, it ends with the clip of Ashley saying, that's a lot of money to pay for someone's time, 10 grand just to talk. So she says it's a wild ride, and he's like, Candace, what was your first impression of Mia? She's like, well, at first, I loved her, at first. And Giselle's like, well, uh, first impressions were great, duh, but we had a rocky road. I love that she owned her shit. And Candace is like, not really. She did a lot of lying, too. She's like, well, she's honest about her plastic surgery, yeah. And Candace is like, a lot of lying. Yeah, and Giselle's like, like, well, you know, she lied about everything. So why didn't you say that, da? He asked you about that. (laughs) He asked you first, da. So um, so Candace is like, well, he asked me about my first impressions. And well, what did I lie about? Um... Well, you lied about your clit surgery. Just well, I spoke to my plastic surgeon, and he said it's all in the same space, and like it's all the same thing. So the girls need to grow up. I mean, what's gonna happen? Are you guys gonna be talking forever next time if I get a vaginal mish? Really? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, he said those girls need to grow up. So what did you get? A clitoplasty? A vaginal rejuvenation? Did you get your weenus put on your earlobe? Or am I just seeing things funny because I'm sitting around, I'm sitting a little far? You mentioned on Twitter you had a Tesla battery put in there. Any truth to that? It's like, listen, nothing beats the power of the sun, Andy. Okay? And I actually had a lot done in that same surgery. To your vagina! <laughs> yes, Andy. To her yeah. vagina. <laughs> well, it was sort of like a mommy makeover. Wendy's like, no, that was not a mommy makeover. And so then Mia had three C-sections. Andy's like, so if you had C-sections, why did you need to get your vagina tuned up? Which reminds me, this just came in. Nicki Minaj's car is getting tuned up. So if she even <laughs> wanted to drive somewhere today, she couldn't. Okay, go on. <laughs> I just wanted a tune-up, Andy. Jeez, you go through and question everybody in a Jiffy Loop, too. And then Wendy's like, well, you said your favorite position is missionary. And which figures, kind of, because missionaries are always passing the donation plate around, right? And Andy's like, well, what's wrong with missionary? She's like, I just don't understand how it beats your puss up if that's missionary. What, what the fuck does that mean? Huh? How does your penis, like, how does a penis have any worse chance beating the <laughs> puss up in any other way? I don't get it. I Yeah, I don't know. And Andy did say, well, also, we don't know the size of Gordon's uh, equipment. So now, Brent yeah. from the Bronx. Hey, Mia, you were a stripper or an escort or what? Who's paying 10,000 hours to talk to you in a ball gown? 
Which is a good question. Well, that's very common in high-end upscale establishments. <laughs> and Candace is just giving a look. The woman who's never had a job in her life, P.S., <laughs> worries about how other people make their coin all the time. So yeah. he's like, so where is this organization? <laughs> she kind of laughs probably because she's never heard it called an organization. Yeah. And Candace is like, yeah, the lobster and steak joint. And Giselle's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It's a strip club in North Carolina. I know because I had to bring a home DNA test to it when I got a letter in the mail about your, I mean, I got coupons in the mail for it. And <laughs> steak and lobster, North Carolina. Yeah, uh, it's called the men's club. And, um, and Mia's like, like yeah, uh, Gordon. He he basically he he helped build the VIP area upstairs. He's like the number one client. And Giselle's like, yes, yes, that's true. I read that on the coupon. <laughs> and he's like, really? He helped build it? We built this city on cock and hole, Andy. That's what G. always <laughs> says. Commercials. Here comes one right now. So, was it love at first sight with Gordon? And she's like, no, not at first, Andy. You know, my best friend is Haitian. And at the time they had their earthquake, he helped her build her organization. And when I saw he had a heart, I fell for him. There's no bigger disaster to give money to than me, Andy. I knew it would work <laughs> out. Also, I just really, really like the Wyclef version of We Are the World. And so does Gordon. So, it just really worked out. So, um, so Karen's face is just like, uh, she's, she's doing that thing where she like her eyes bulge and like her, she like raises her neck up a little bit, sort of like Meryl Streep and death becomes her like, and so lots of like lip smacking, lots of disapproving, yeah. like lots of, uh, teeth moving around in there. So Mia's like, you know, I mean, when I saw how generous he is, I said, okay, you're not just this crazy man walking around with no shoes in the strip club. And they're like, what? <laughs> what? No shoes in the strip club? He goes, well, yeah, because he would drop his shoes off at the shoe shine guy and get a cigar. I'm like, well, first of all, don't normally people like keep their shoes on their feet when they're getting a shoe shine? And also, if it's the sort of place where you drop off your shoes, or don't they have like slippers or something is not adding up? This is a very disturbing It's probably place. not the place you do that, but he does it anyway because he's rich. Yeah. He built the upper room, you know? Yeah. He built the upper, he, he built the loft at the gentleman's yeah. club. He so, built the special upstairs VIP room that nobody fucks in. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, at the club I work in, we have a shoe shine, a manicurist, a hair and makeup person, a tanning bed, a soft serve yogurt machine, a Miss Pac-Man, a chiropractor, a knee massage therapist. We we have it all, Andy. Free refills, you know. And uh, he's like, very high end. So then Andy goes, and was there a, sh a champagne room? And Karen goes, what's that? And I'm like, oh, wow. First of all, Karen, you're lying because all of season two is dedicated to Shasha building a champagne room in her, in her kitchen. <laughs> so I know, but I, doesn't, this put a, know. doesn't this put a new spin on the champagne room in Shasha's house? <laughs> it's it does and i didn't really want to go there well it, it says two one of two things either karen's lying now or karen just was not paying attention to sharice at all season two which is it could be a little bit of both so they tell her that that's where you have sex and she's like no and when he's like it's true it's true so uh shasha's champagne room just became more fun i wrote okay so wendy's like so wendy starts doing a sex dance and karen's like wendy come on now and mia says no it's not that type of establishment 
So Andy's like, well, Mia, then you can tell me to mind my own business. By the way, but did you ever remove your clothing in the club? She goes, absolutely. He goes, oh, you did. They just showed a clip of her saying, yes, I stripped. Yeah. So, she goes, why is everybody acting like they've never heard this? I know. She goes, I would wear a dress like this, and then I would like t- I would take it off, and I'd just be in my board shorts, which I was like, wait, there's board shorts under there? <laughs> I was <laughs> like, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, I just leave my dress with the shine girl. That's all. I really like to rollerblade up the pole. What can I say, Andy? <laughs> Candace I love that like, Mia can't just, she always lies first and then she tells the truth. Like she was uh, something else, but then she admits that she's a stripper. And now she doesn't want to say she's in a thong, so she's saying board shorts. Like, yeah. it doesn't make it a ton better. You know what I mean? Like, if, it makes it if worse. someone's on the judgy stripper <laughs> mode anyway, it's not going to make it better that you were in board shorts instead of a thong. But also, like, it's such a strange image <laughs> like like here comes my ball gown it's coming off and look i'm wearing board shorts <laughs> i'm gonna go surfing <laughs> it's like what so candace goes so that's stripping and giselle's like well she said she was a stripper ah yeah giselle's like the only one who listens and candace is like but first you said you wore gowns and she's like but i do wear the gowns and andy goes and then they come off and she's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then Robin goes, so you just didn't finish your story. Well, sometimes I can't get shit out with y'all, y'all ladies. Also, you lied about it at first, which I don't blame you, yeah. you know? Like, look how they're reacting even when you're honest, you know? They're a bunch of assholes. And I say, strip, girl, make your money. Yeah. It's a job, man. Do it. It's a job, Candice. So Andy asks about Veronica, uh, Mia's mom, uh, what their relationship is now. And she says that basically... Um, well, my mom says she's going to pray for Candace and that she needs help. And Candace is like, well, I don't need those prayers. I definitely don't need those prayers. And um, uh, Giselle goes, I mean, she's, wait, what does Giselle say? Hold on, let me get to this part. So she goes, yeah, I don't need those prayers. And Giselle says, you might. She goes, no, not from that. Like, jeez. I thought we were going to be apologizing for being shitty to somebody's mother. Exactly. But- well, Christine from New Orleans says, as a viewer, it's frustrating to see Mia appear so self-made when her husband had all the franchise and just gave the movie to her, huh? So Mia's like, no, I have a very clear way of explaining this, okay? G is an investor on another account of ours, but did not invest in this entity of mine because he owns franchises, but I, like, we own franchises, but he owns franchises, and I own two of the company, and he didn't even have them before me but then he owned a mcdonald's and then sold them and then i had massage envies so he invested in the massage envies which i had and also on top of that he had a side business called i envy massages that did not take off but you know we just sort of scrapped that one so the point is this he did not invest in me he did not hand them over he handed them over so he did to help you but he didn't give anything to me i had to qualify for those on my own <laughs> okay well yolanda from the other one says mia never <laughs> seen anyone flip-flop as much as you and i called david foster a king for a few years okay <laughs> <laughs> one minute giselle has a beautiful heart and the next moment she's a complete asshole she's like well i always think what i'm feeling in that moment unicorn buttholes blue cheese cracker jack sing that's <laughs> what i was thinking you know if i if i like you today but then t- something happens tomorrow and i don't like you tomorrow i'm gonna tell you i don't like you tomorrow it's sort of like that popeyes guy who says 
uh, I'll give me a burger today and I'll pay you tomorrow or whatever it is. Cause maybe tomorrow he doesn't like you. So you don't get the burger back, which is why no one gives him the burger. So you see what I'm saying, ladies? <laughs> I mean, they like that guy. And the minute he takes a free hamburger, they start calling him wimpy. You know, <laughs> is, is everyone on Popeye two face too, Andy? <laughs> you know, he's actually a boss bitch himself and they call him wimpy. And it just goes to show that people are intimidated by success. Oh, so then <laughs> he brings up that she's sent the text to the green-eyed bandit saying, if you want to see me, make an appointment with my assistant. And Giselle's like, well, I thought Karen was in your ear, Roz. And Karen's like, no, 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 no. I was at her table, actually. Um, But listen, let me be clear. Mia is a grown woman. And what I like is Mia's Mia, Karen is Karen, and Suri is Karen. Karen is Suri, Suri is Suri, Karen is Suri, and Suri is a place to visit. With Karen, possibly, if you have the opportunity. What were we talking about, Andy? Suri Cruz, that's what you call a child. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, now, this season, Giselle got a crash course on driver's ed, all while pumping the brakes on Jamal, but despite her single status... Your relationship continue to be a topic of reasonably shady conversation. Let's crash into this airbag that deployed because your daughter can't drive. That one, that last part, it wasn't that smooth. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's, let's drive off. Your storyline drove off the road and your car exploded into a fireball. Let's watch. <laughs> and then Giselle's storyline, which, you know, that leaves something to be desired. And also, I'm sick of talking about Jamal. There, I said it. He's not even on the show. Leave Jamal out of it. Giselle, do something. Do something, ma'am. She went. She did a lot this season. She got into a, whole, a feud with Wendy. She got into feuds, but like as far as her storyline, she's still doing her house, and they're still bringing up Jamal every five seconds. I and her daughter. Her daughter learned to drive. I mean, uh, come on. I personally actually really enjoyed the the driver driver's ed storyline for the first time ever because it was so deeply <laughs> so so deeply like fraught <laughs> and um i uh, i'm like wildly fascinated by hotel giselle um <laughs> this frankenstein of a house i mean it really is putting the the winchester mystery house to shame <laughs> like <laughs> even sarah the ghost of sarah winchester is like wow like her house really she needs to rein it in you know so <laughs> and <laughs> uh, if you don't know what this the winchester mystery house i suggest everyone look it up it's really fascinating so Andy says, uh, so, uh, Giselle, you dating? Where's the man? And she's like, well, it's casual. Uh, the man is gone. Uh. And Robin's like, have you seen the man again? He's gone. Uh. And Wendy's like, mm, I know the commentator. Well, I know the commentator who said that he dated her, but he ha she hasn't confirmed it yet, so I can't be sure. And she's like, she doesn't know her. Uh. And Andy says, then... <laughs> and we just hear Vicky screaming somewhere in Orange County. I'm like, how dare you? How dare you? That's why she couldn't watch uh, CNN, you know? She, she, that's what turned her conservative. She just couldn't watch CNN because she was always triggered by Van Jones. So then when he goes, oh, she's not his type. He likes women of integrity. <laughs> Which, and then they're like, dun, dun, dun. Like a Van Jones burn to lead us into commercial. <laughs> Um, so Giselle's just kind of laughing and Karen takes a deep breath. And we're back, Giselle. Let's talk about the West Wing. Really underrated show uh, in the last few seasons. You know, people blamed Jimmy Smitsa for that one going downhill. But I say, 
I love Jimmy Smith. Ah, okay, there. That's my opinion on the West Wing. Ah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not talking about the TV show. I'm talking about that crazy part of your house that's sort of shaped like a Frank Gary thing gone wrong, which is kind of funny because Frank Gary kind of looks like a Frank Gary thing gone wrong. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. It's a disaster. What's going on with it? Is it cohesive yet? Have you fixed it? Oh, is there one motif? <laughs> I know. Architectural Digest has arrived. <laughs> I mean, out, of, out of all the tacky houses we've seen on Housewives. I, I, um, I can't tell if it's brutalist or postmodern. I mean, get a style. <laughs> so, Giselle, how are you doing this season on your own version of Design on a Dime? It's been really hard to watch, you gotta say. Now, you know it's called Design on a Dime, not Design on a Nickel, right? You still have five more cents, okay? <laughs> so she's, she's like, uh, she basically Robin's like, whoa, it's still, it's the, the entryway is bringing it all together. It's like, okay, so you added a portico, okay? So then uh, and Karen, so Andy, Karen just goes, Karen just goes, deciding, deciding. <laughs> Aluminum, huh? So then Andy's like, and the purple walls? And Giselle says, no, uh, not there. Didn't match any of the new floors. And Andy goes, well, I don't know what it did match, which was really the the shade I've been waiting for for about two years about that purple wall. Like like official shade, not just from us, but like actually on the record on, on Potomac. I was like, thank you. Mm. Thank you for saying it. Karen, what's your reaction? Does it still look like Ronald McDonald lives there? <laughs> and she's like, well, I haven't seen it since the drive-by. Mm? And they're like, the drive-by? I'm sorry, the drive-in. Mm? Well, it took Grace five times to pass the learner's permit. Uh, so, And Karen's like, now let me ask you this. Mm? Is Grace mad at you for showing the world that she can't drive? Mm, what's that been like? What is that family dynamic like, Giselle? Open up. Be vulnerable, Giselle. Cry, Giselle. Show me a tear. Well, actually, uh, Grace thought it was funny. Uh, and funny story, she actually crashed right into the foyer and it actually brought the house together quite nicely. Uh, it was a nice addition. <laughs> Car-sized hole. Uh. It was actually the first thing that we found to match the rug. So the Gucci car is now just in the foyer and the front door. And yeah. People don't realize it, but uh, the West Wing was not actually originally built for the house. It was actually just a separate house on a hill above my house. And Grace <laughs> crashed into it and knocked that house down the hill and just sort of landed on my house. And we just said, let's keep it. He goes, so where does she get her driving skills from? And Candace rolls her eyes and goes, um, questions that need answers. <laughs> I'm like, um, uh, yes, I'm very interested in this. I'm like, really, I'm into the Grace driving storyline. Candace. Yeah, so, Candace. So then speaking of Jamal, did you actually even break up with Jamal? When did you break up? When was that again, Giselle? And she's Wait. like, mm, I don't know. Um, earlier in the year, maybe. Mm. <laughs> September, spring, summer. So then uh, mm. I have to say what was funny about his transition to Jamal is because he goes, is Jamal a good driver? Speaking of Jamal, <laughs> as if it like had just come up out of nowhere, like you started to speak about Jamal. Mm. So, yeah. Like, so, so we shot the reunion and you guys were together, right? She goes, well, maybe after the holidays. Uh, 
So, like, a couple of months later, well, late January, joggers, Andy. That is my answer, (laughs) joggers. And Wendy's like, this timeline doesn't make sense. I'm sorry, but you said late January, but didn't Jamal do a video in December saying he's not in a relationship? Yeah, and didn't your husband double tap, like, a bunch of hot-ass booties on Instagram very recently as well? You know, can we put this timeline next to the booty double tapping somewhere? Can I I get a chart pulled up? Thanks. (laughs) So uh, Giselle says, well, that's so then Andy says, like, uh, well, it seemed to me like he was saying he wasn't in a relationship. Giselle says, no, that's wasn't that wasn't what it said to me. Uh, To me, it said something like uh, Giselle is a great dresser. She has a great stylist. uh, I love her house. uh, I don't know. That's what it said to me. uh." To me, it said Giselle really knows how to get some fitted slacks. Ah. <laughs> and we see the headline from Reality Blurb, which you got to love these headlines. I mean, this is a whole fucking paragraph. Real Housewives of Potomac Sugar uh, star, Jam- which is stretching it already. Jamal hmm. Bryant implies he's single, claps back at Monique's receipts with his own binder, and addresses relationship with other woman, slams Chris, and says he regrets doing the show. <laughs> that is a very long headline. I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Jamal Bryant I guess it's responds. for people That's like me headline. who are just yeah, and you headline won't readers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Andy is like, well, you know a lot of people watching saw the last reunion and saw that binder. And it seems logical to assume there'd be a connection between the binder and Jamal on the breakup. What do you think, huh? And then Monique, uh, we see a clip of Monique saying, well, he said that he had a girlfriend at the time, and he told her that this relationship was just for TV, and it wasn't true at all. So Giselle's like, the binder, that wasn't new information. We'd already talked about that. And Karen's like, mm, so this time was different, because this time you knew, so you gave your consent to be the other woman with Jamal. Am I right? Mm. <laughs> it's just so funny. that she, <laughs> The way Karen sort of phrases it, like, like she really is caring and wants to be there, but it's totally like, so you want to be the other woman, right? So Giselle says, no, Karen, nah. We were both seeing other, uh, we were both, uh, we were figuring it out. Duh. So Andy's like, so you were non-monogamous. And she goes, we were figuring it out. Duh. Well, Anastasia Beaverhausen says, Giselle, you always talk about other people's relationships, but you never open up about your own. Do you want to cry right now? Do you want to cry? I'd love to see you cry. Okay. No. Uh, how about now? No. Uh, now white walls white walls that make you want to cry no andy stop it (laughs) cohesion both in your fashion and your architecture oh andy yeah it's been such a hard life (laughs) you broke me (laughs) so wendy's nodding really hard she's like yes andy you go andy and just i was like that's not true and or that's not true andy sorry i just saw wendy's name there and he's like and you deflected when a scholar asked you about your relationship and she's like that is not true why and candace is like well you don't give the same level of vulnerability that we give Giselle. yeah well she's not just deflecting she's putting up a barricade because if she talked about how she truly feels she would break down yeah, and she's like, you don't know me, baby girl. She goes, you don't know me, baby girl, which is Wendy's favorite, the you are argument, right? It's a good so one. So Andy's, yeah, it's a good one. Glad you glad you got that center chair. So Andy's like, what I'm not getting from you is when you let him back and he cheated on you. 
Multiple times, Andy. Multiple times, Andy. She's like, which obviously Wendy is excited about, da. <laughs> and Andy goes, that had to really hurt. And when you found out, did you cry? Do you want to cry right now? <laughs> if I hold two onions under your eyes, will that make you cry? <laughs> Oh, put your head back. I'm oh, just going to drip a little salt in there. Are you crying now? Wow, you really don't cry. It's amazing. She's like, no, I'm not a big crier. Everyone knows that. When we got a divorce, I cried. And he goes, well, I guess there would be part of me that felt like, fuck, like, am I hurt? Like, you know, like the first time it hurt. So maybe the first time would come back, you know? And she's like, no. You know, it's, it's sort of like that time we brought Dina Manzo back for the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And we thought she'd fix everything. And then she just was kind of like a dud. And I was like, man, I'm hurt all over again. Was it like that? You want to cry? <laughs> well, actually, thinking about that season of Jersey does make me want to cry, Andy. But no, I'm not quite there yet. Commercials. Here comes one right now. So, um, yeah, basically Giselle's like, no, I don't, I didn't feel the pain the second time, which I, I don't believe she didn't feel the pain. I think that she probably processed it and put it away in a compartment because I think that she was probably heavily traumatized by Jamal's first cheating and probably stuff in her childhood with her parents and divorce or whatever. I'm just going to make these wild inferences because I feel like it today, but, um, like it's clear that she has built up like <laughs> some sort of like trauma defense, right? So uh, it's kind of funny that they're like, be more vulnerable, be more vulnerable, as if like that's something you can just be. I mean, hasn't, haven't they watched Goodwill Hunting? Don't they know that she needs to have a moment where a therapist tells her, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Andy, step up the plate. Say the it's not your fault line. It just makes me crazy because it's like, let's empower women. Okay, but you're not a real woman if you don't cry. And exactly. you're also not a real woman if you don't have a man. So... Yeah, you know, it's just it's, it's fucking annoying. Like, get off her ass. You know, who cares no. if she doesn't cry? Exactly. Now, on the flip side, I will say, I mean, there is a point to some of this too, which is that she's saying, "Oh, I talk about Jamal all the time," but she does hold her cards close to her chest. So she gives like perfunctory information, like Jamal uh, wore loafers today. Wow, look at me talking about Jamal. Like, she doesn't really, she doesn't doesn't seem like she talks about the emotional. Well, where's Wendy? Where's through. Wendy's emotional experience with Eddie? She doesn't talk about any of that. All I the stuff disagree. they brought up with Wendy, that she never talked about her emotions or how it feels to have your husband double tapping on huge titty, you know, Instagram hookers or whatever. She never talked about her feelings. She just screamed at everybody and denied it. You know, I don't disagree. Where is where's everybody else's vulnerability about their relationship? Karen's is all fake. We know that. <laughs> like, where's everybody else's? I don't get it. Yeah, I think is anyone. I think actually. Am I Robin. standing up for Giselle? Am I actually you spending are. this I, 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 reunion like really episode proud of you. standing up for ho- for Giselle? Hotel Giselle? I think actually Robin is maybe? the only one on this cast who might be like truly I actually feel like she's the most transparent about like what she goes through with Juan now that I think about it. How do you feel about that? I don't really think so. I think they're <laughs> I don't really think so. She's just saying, we don't want to get married yet. No, I think the stuff that she talked about going through in the pandemic and having him yell at her and like how that hurt. I thought that was I thought that was a a bit more. I I feel like most of the women on this cast really sugarcoat everything like Ashley does it like crazy with Michael. Every now and then she will 
She'll give some Barbie's Barbie, Andy. Barbie's Barbie. <laughs> Ashley sugarcoats it. You know, Wendy has been. Karen has been. Mia does. I mean, they're so. I'm. I'm gonna give the award to what appears to be emotional honesty to your husband. The new, the new uh, category in the crappies. <laughs> the award for most emotional <laughs> honesty regarding the man in your life on Potomac to Robin. Well, I'm already being nice to Giselle. I'm not going to be nice to Robin. Too. I know. I, I, I knew that, that you were on your own. I side. knew it had nothing to do. Your your descent had nothing to do with really my <laughs> argument. I knew it was more like you could only give so much. I can only do so much. Yeah. So um, Karen, uh, Karen's like, well, you know, if Giselle, Giselle, if you could get to the place <laughs> to share, you know, people would be on your side. You would win. And Robin's like, listen, people deal with things in different ways. I'm really tired. Anybody, I'm just going to take a nap right now. Right? <sighs> so, that's how she falls asleep. <laughs> and Wendy goes, oh, really? Oh, really? And she's like, you just want to inject yourself into everyone's comments, Wendy. And she's like, well, everyone gets to talk. She's like, no, I was trying to say something. And you can chill for a second, okay? Just because Giselle isn't reacting the way you want her to doesn't mean she doesn't hurt. Yeah. And Giselle's like, yes, sir. it's part of my personality, yeah. <laughs> We're different, da. We deal with things differently, yeah. So it's part of my personality, yeah. All right, cool. So Jen from California says, hey, I just saw Nicki Minaj. She's here in California. I guess she's not here in Potomac. Okay, Karen, uh, Jen from California says, Karen, you and Ray have had difficulties in past seasons. Knowing how hard it can be, why did you go so hard for Giselle and shame her for her man's behavior? And the minute he says, Karen, you had difficulties in your marriage, it just cuts to Candace rolling her eyes. Like, oh, God, now we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's like, why'd you go so hard for her? And Karen says, well, I was shaming Gisela for her grown woman choices because Giselle knows better. And I know, I believe in my heart that Giselle should not have gone back to him. She, like a Surrey ham, is worth way more than people give her credit for. <laughs> <laughs> Giselle is worth so much more. She deserves so much more credit in those spaces. But here on this stage, she's trash. She's trash and she's mm -hmm. the bottom of the barrel. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny how Karen is being so nice to Giselle today. She's like, friends again, eh? Yeah. Um, so where was I? I just lost. Somehow, like, me doing that, like, caused me to completely lose. That's just more like Giselle shit. Yeah. Like, didn't it hurt when your daughter said that they don't have a good example and they yeah. called you an emotional vampire she goes well my kids have seen me be very robotic because that is how i survived all of the pain that their father bestowed upon me <laughs> and he's like wow interesting you built up a defense mechanism wow you know what you know what's a really good brick to use in a defense mechanism tears you want to cry scratches <laughs> out <laughs> then it comes to Mia, and Mia's just like weaving her head. Did you catch this? She's just like weaving her head, and her eyes are like half closed. I don't know. If she, I don't know if she just started popping Zanny too early or what, but she looks like she's about to fall over. It's called being a boss bitch, okay? So then mm. uh, Judy from Judy Town says. Wendy and Karen, why does someone's happiness have to be defined by a man? Every time you throw shade at Giselle, the first thing you say is Giselle is unhappy because she doesn't have a man. No, 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 I did not say that. I did not say she's unhappy because she doesn't have a man. I said she has no future because she doesn't have a man, but she could be perfectly happy. <laughs> 
I said that Giselle is not happy without a ham. Ham. And I meant it every second of it, Andy. <laughs> Uh, and Giselle goes, well, uh, as you were preparing for the 25th anniversary of the institution, uh, it's like, uh, she, she doesn't get to finish herself. And Karen goes, mm, well, you know what, guess what? Cutting and editing is amazing, okay? Like I say, the way you cut a ham is really part of the experience. <laughs> own it. He's like, own but come on, Karen, you did say that. She's let me own it, let me own it. Mm-hmm. I needed therapy myself, and that was therapy for me, because it took me years when Giselle would clown me. And she's like, I never said anything about your marriage. Excuse me, ma'am. You were the one going around talking about old blue eyes and saying that Karen was cheating and that Erica Lyles was something of Ray's. Yeah, all that. Mm -hmm. Please, Giselle. And he's like, yeah, but you did chase her about taxes. You even made a t-shirt, and that was actually the best fashion you've ever had on that show. <laughs> it actually was. And he goes, oh, by the way, I read online that Jamal owes $800,000 in taxes. Apparently, he owes a lot of money to the cry rs you want to cry you want to cry about this <laughs> she's like he's not my husband my taxes are paid and karen's like well since i do have experience in this let me lean in on this hmm, technically you were married in 2008 that's the year the taxes uh, are missing and they can come and get your ass giselle <laughs> lawyer up lawyer up so Giselle says, my taxes are paid, da. It has nothing to do with me. My name is on my house. Oh, really? Ooh, I wouldn't want to do that if I were you. Uh, maybe call it like a, a Jane Doe production, something like that. And Andy's like, yeah. well, but it indirectly affects your daughters, and I'm saying both the tax issues and that awful house. Yeah, but also Giselle has incorrect, someone is giving Giselle incorrect information, because she's like, they cannot come after me, because after seven years, it's a rat bah. I'm like, no, that's your, like, old Capital One card, okay? It's not the IRS. The IRS will get your ass in the grave. They will dig you up and take the watch off of your fucking wrist, okay? <laughs> All right, and then we cut to Scala and Glam, and she's coming on out, and, uh, and, and she's coming out, and then Andy turns to Candace and goes, hey, we're bringing out your mom when? <laughs> Mind if I poke at your family trauma a little bit there? And she's like, Andy, I will leave. I will drive back. Get it? Drive back. You'll drive back? Hold on. Let me get my two fingers out, my two pointing fingers, so I can do some boogie to that. We'll drive back. Drive back. Hey, Escala, I love your fashion. Thanks for being here. Okay, now on to something else. Michael from L.A. says, Hey, Escala, I hope your style rubs off on these girls. Who would you love to style if you had the chance? And she's like, um, probably Giselle. You know, bring her to current. Make her make her current. And he's like, oh, Giselle, you sake. want a comment? <laughs> She's like, so ridiculous. No, uh... Leave her alone about that. My God. I mean, Karen half the season was just like a jiffy pop with a feather boa. And no one says anything to her. <laughs> Sandy goes, Boy, you do take a licking and keep on ticking in the style department. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. As if he is not. You gotta love it's Andy. Andy's asking all of these questions and then going, Wow, that sure be a mean to you. (laughs) Okay, Escala, do you have something to say? Just kidding. Hey, Candace, this season, you and your husband set out to show the world that you wear that you're a triple threat to be reckoned with, but in the process you learned that you had no business mixing marriage 
with show business. Oh, I guess that's sort of a pun on there's no business like show business. Let's roll this clip. So it's her crying with various objects. <laughs> the flauta, crying with the flauta in her eye. <laughs> Uh, crying with the paper plane in her eye, crying with the flagpole on the 4th of July in her goddamn eye, and then we're back! Okay, so... Wow, Candace has rat tat 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 Candace entered the jet yet! And uh, Wendy's like, ha 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 that was me who made that joke! Ah, that was so good, Andy. That was good, Andy. Um, by the way, um, I hope we get follow-up on what happened with her pilot, because we spent all this time talking about drive back and all this and that. But hello, she was shooting a pilot this season, and we better see what's going on with it. Um, yeah, I don't need to. So uh, Andy's like, so who's listening to the whole album, Deep Space? Drive back, drive back. And everyone but Ashley. And she's like, I haven't listened to it, but I will listen to it, Andy. Um, one day when I decide to start punishing my children, I'm planning it on playing it very loud in their nurseries until they shut the fuck up and leave me alone. Um, and Andy's like, do you think it's better than Coffee and Love? And then we cut to a clip of Coffee and Love. And I forgot how much like Minnie Mouse actually really sang in this, in this well, clip. Or that was like her tone and then adjusted by a computer. I mean, it's literally, it's literally like the male to female uh, voice changer on GarageBand. She's like, God, I love my You're like, whoa, what is that? What is that song? So, Candace, Chris is a husbander. His skills seem to really be in the kitchen. So why is he qualified to be a husbander? Well, it's less about managing the music and more about managing me. And he's like, okay, are you paying Chris? She goes, in love. I'm paying him with love. And Mia's like, well, that getting paid in sex is being a prostitute. She goes, you would know. <laughs> Do you think, I mean, why they are harping on this a lot. I feel like it's actually not crazy that she doesn't pay Chris. Like, it's her husband, and theoretically, well, he it's gets all half the money. Yeah, yeah, I mean. He's going to get half her money, so. I mean, I don't know. I, I would I would feel weird if I would, like, to, to manage Dom's career. Not that that would ever happen. But if I were to do that, to then be, like, requesting some sort of payment. Like, that seems weird. Well, I think it's more that Chris marries Candace and immediately pretty much is out of work and now they're just saying oh chris is working for candace because his whole thing before was like oh this guy is just a low life and he's gonna live off candace's mom's money and then you know but then there's the added thing of the pandemic too so it's not really fair to say that because like restaurants did suffer a, a huge amount right i think maybe they're what they're trying to get at is the fact that like he basically doesn't have in their mind, a real job because he's doing right. something. He's not even getting paid. And he's just like, he's just essentially doing something that's like very easy that he'd be doing anyway, but then saying it's his job. So maybe that, maybe right. I'm looking at it from the wrong perspective. Well, you know? I think that in their eyes, it would actually be better if she said yes. Like, yes, I'm paying him. It's a job and he's getting paid because yeah. I think that that's almost what they're going for. Cause it seems like they're saying, oh, you're a lazy ass husband. You're just calling him out. A husbander, but he's laying around spending all your money, right? Yeah. So then um, Ashley is hilarious, and she she comes in with a statement that sort of sounds like it's being sympathetic, but is just, like, totally shady. She's like, 
well, you know, his restaurant was really affected by the pandemic, and I think he, like, lost confidence, and he's drinking a little bit more, and he's put on some weight. Oh, no, that's weight. his normal. That's his normal. That's his oh, normal. Okay, well, he put on some weight, and, you know, he's just not the same Chris that when we first met. He's just sort of, like, surly and sad and, again, very, very Is heavy he and very drunk. now? Yeah, I think he's even balder now. I'm not sure if it's that he's balder or if it's just fatter that makes him look balder. Do fat people look balder? That's the question. Andy, take it away. You know, I I, I had never heard of, of the pandemic creating, like, excess amounts of body odor, but I guess with Chris, that's the toll it took. <laughs> Well, Fran Dresser from Queens uh, wants to know if the ladies think that Chris is right. Oh, yeah. Is Chris riding Candace's coattails? Right. So that's where Ashley says he's drinking more. So Andy's <laughs> like, is Chris's name on the deed? And is Donnie's name on the deed? And she's like, just Chris, Andy, just Chris. Well, your mom seemed to imply that she was financially involved. And Candace is like, well, she always has to be involved somehow, Andy. Hmm. But she's not involved. And then Giselle says, well, she went to every single one of us uh, to talk about your husband. But you're mad at us. Uh. And she goes, I've had to sit here, uh, sit her on the side because what she said was incorrect. And it was very disparaging to my husband. And so Andy asks, well, what's her defense? I mean, about talking shit about your husband. And Candace says, um, well, they were asking me questions. And uh, she starts to say something. And then Karen Karen interjects. He's like, well, I, excuse me, as the ambassador of Surrey County, I have to stand up for Dorothy. She is a loyal customer to our hams, and I will not hear her reputation be smirched. <laughs> and Andy asks if Chris was mad, and Candace is like, I need a tissue. I need a tissue, Andy. <laughs> and, and Karen just goes, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It so Andy, hurts. So Andy hands over a tissue, and Giselle's like, oh, wow, uh, I thought you were going to fold it up. Uh, he's like, oh, well, I can. So he, like, folds it. He does, like, the Candace fold. He's, like, so proud. He's like, look, I made a square. Mm-hmm. It's very impressive. Well, she's crying, but you would think that a real friend would have told her that her mom was the one talking about her. And when he goes, are you talking? Shut up. <laughs> and Mia's just like, oh. So Candace goes, you know, he's really hurt. My family is never going to be the same, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> it's so hard, Andy, because it's my husband. I don't ever want to see my husband hurting, but especially not by my mom. The only time I want to see my husband hurting is if I curse him out. Let me be the one, okay? Why does my mom always have to steal my thunder? Uh, yeah, and Robin's like, do you feel like your issues would be the same if you weren't on the show? And she's like, my family will never be the same. My in-laws watch the show, and I feel like I don't belong there anymore because my mom insulted my husband, and I don't know how to fix it. And I read a comment on Reddit that I thought was so perfect. It was like, um, so how did his family feel when you said he was a deadbeat dad, just like his own dad? Did they love yeah. that? Like, how was that? that and he's yeah, like, exactly. yeah, well, the video shoot caused lots of problems and not only in my ears. Okay. <laughs> it certainly inflamed your relationship with Mia. So Leah from Perth. Whoa. Why would you say Candace's video was low budget If as if that's a bad thing? You came from a difficult background only to be plucked from the lobster strip joint. Then you should know better than to judge. Um, 
I am I'm gonna interject here and be like, it's not about judging. It's about the fact that Candace is like talking it up like this this big music video and they're taking their time out of it. And they show up and they're standing in like this parking lot at a at like a you know recreational park for hours trying to figure out like what the heck is going on. So I don't think it's I don't think it's it's a, com- a com- comparable situation. I mean, I thought it was pretty shitty of Mia and obviously really shady what she was doing. Um, My problem with this is why do you not have as much right to be judgmental if you're from a lower economic class? It's like she should understand being low budget because she was low budget. So she can't be like only rich people get to be judgmental. What the fuck are you saying? But the thing is this, though, like I think actually if Candace were like actively in, you know, like sort of in a troubled not troubled space but like uh if she was have like if she had limited means at the moment if she was like really like sort of in the place that mia was as a child and then she decided to throw to make a music video and then everyone would be like that's amazing that you like pulled this together right so it's really not the same situation that's sort of what the question is implying it's like but candace like and i'm not even shading that like oh well she had like it should have been more expensive i think it's just that candace was acting as if it were literally you know like this top tier vma not future nominee right <laughs> and it was a low budget video i mean yeah and by the way mia was being shady and ridiculous like why well, you're buying me a low budget thing mia always says that shit as if she's like this doyen of luxury experiences i mean that is ridiculous but i just think it's funny that candace is like so offended um, like that this is the, the the harshest thing that could have been said to Candace about her music. It was a rinky dig music video. I'm sorry it was. Yeah, and she ended up doing better, I think, later in the season. Because I remember saying at the time, if she just said, "Yeah, it is low budget," and I worked really hard to do it, and yes. I'm proud of it, getting you know, that's what she should have it's said. It's just how it's just her reactions. Because Candace often is not wrong, really, in this situation. Like she's right to be pissed. It's just how pissed she gets. You know, it's like, does that warrant like running around the house? screaming whore yeah whore, that's, you're a that's whore, the thing man. come get your whore he just found you on the curb and it's like wow <laughs> that's the reaction to your but your video was low budget like geez i don't know why i got very serious about that point but like clearly the spirit moved me so well, it's a housewives show i mean it's been going the whole season the storyline so it's it like, does get really like okay here's what i really think i know but our recap is like hams hams do you want to cry hams hams but seriously guys like that was like not cool to talk about the low budget. <laughs> um, so Escala, uh, so hey Escala, during the pamper party, you asked Karen about having a drinking problem out of the blue, but then you thought Mia was rude for her question to Dottie about asking you. How was that rude after you asked Karen about a drinking problem? And she's like, I'm just direct. Okay, I don't even know why we're asking you anything. Uh, your dress is pretty, though. Okay, Candace, did you really not know Mia's mom's backstory before you said the absolutely unforgivable, your mom? Okay, <laughs> did you know? Did you know? And she's like, I did not know. And if I did know that she had trauma, I would have talked about something else, like her giant feet, her giant head, or her absolute whoreness. But I will say that in the black community, it's called joning. And I was going to light on you. And what happened was, uh, oh, I was going light on you. And what happened was you were ungrateful. And then I just want to point out that in the, in the Surrey community, it's called hamming it up. Get it? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd just like to report that in the white gay community, joning is considered having very sexy hips and sauntering through an office in every episode. <laughs> and I also want to point out that in the Giselle community, joning is not crying. I'd also like to point out in the lesbian community, joning has something to do with bias. Bias? I don't really understand lesbians, <laughs> just thought I would get the information out there. And in the 90s rock community, joning is known as releasing a one-hit wonder about God, and if God is one of us. <laughs> okay, so you say she's ungrateful, so if you say your mom is low budget, and Candace goes, what am I supposed to do when she insults me? <laughs> You, you like you? I mean, well, throw <laughs> a throw a salad out, victim. knock some shit over a counter, and um, you know, call her run through the house, calling her a whore. I mean, I you mean, here's <laughs> the natural choice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the thing is this: it's like you're right. I mean, it, it was ultimately just like a yo mama joke, and I've always said on like marriage and medicine that whenever Heavenly is like yo mama, I, you know, I'm always like God, they take it so seriously whenever she says it when it's clearly she's just doing a yo mama joke. I guess my thing is not so much that Candace said yo mama; it's more like maybe she could have a little bit of sympathy, which she's sort of trying to show, but like maybe a little bit of sympathy for the fact that like in Mia's specific situation, maybe throwing out a yo mama joke you know, right on the heels of a low-budget reference, like, could be immensely triggering, you know? Well, she does... Okay, so this is the thing about Candace. Again, it's the same thing I've, been, I've said a million times, so sorry, everybody, but I agree with Candace. Again, I agree with Candace. Your mom... Like, saying your mom is no big deal. And if she had just said... If she had just stuck to her thing of, I didn't know about the trauma... I didn't think it was that big deal. It was like light shade or whatever. Well, but then she completely throws that away in the next segment. So well, we'll, by we'll the way, but she also it. but also on the show, like she kind of should have led with listen, I just found out I had no idea. I was just, you know, you said that and I did like a quick like yo mama thing. I didn't really like really appreciate that. Da, 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 da. But instead her whole thing was like, you don't know what I've been through. This was my dream and you called it low budget. She 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 like that may be true. But, like, you kind of can't compare that to, like, Mia's mom shit. Like, Mia's mom shit, for all the silliness of the show, Mia's mom shit is, like, serious and, like, intense, you know? And that Candace is, like, going to try to do, like, a yes and with it. It's like, no, you have to, like, lead with a little bit of, like, uh, humbleness about that and be like, <laughs> and just and do what you said. Say, listen, you know, what we talked about before, I said your mama, it was just a... It was off the cuff. It wasn't really supposed to be literally about your mama. And had I known, I would have insulted your feet. I would have talked about her Right. She did do that. But she did it way after she did all the other stuff, right? Yeah. After Mia apologized, she came to that. So Giselle's like, well, you saw that episode and you thought to yourself, wow, wow, I was justified. uh, And I didn't feel that your actions toward her were justifiable. And Candace goes, what actions? If I want to respond verbally, I can. And that's what we do. Hello. Welcome to the stage. And Andy's like, then Andy starts getting mad, which is super <laughs> weird, right? Well, like, so Andy's like, can I ask you a question? How's that working out for you, honestly? How How is the way you respond to people working for you? I mean, you were almost physically attacked last year. And she goes, and that's my fault that I was physically attacked. She goes, well, you're the common denominator. And she goes, Everyone up here has a mouth and has said nasty, disrespectful, 
bottom of the gutter things. Okay, but because I'm better at it somehow, which I love that she is now elevating herself <laughs> in this in her defense. Yes. And then Karen is like, uh uh-uh, no, no, no. I don't think there's anyone better than me and Giselle at being nasty and disrespectful <laughs> in bottom of the gutter. <laughs> Which was hilarious. But then Candace, of course, takes it here. She goes, because I'm better at it, I'm crucified. Which, of course, I was waiting for you to compare yourself to Jesus in some way. Like, you were so predictable. So Karen's like, well, I don't think, yeah, we're the best at it, Andy. And Andy's like, but you had the butter knife thing with Ashley. You had the thing with Monique. And Candace says, what was the butter knife thing? So we see a clip of that because she just doesn't remember for whatever reason. Some reason. And so she goes, one, I did not throw a butter knife at you. And Ashley's like, "Uh uh-huh. And then you were like flinching like you were going to come for me. And she was, and number two, you brought your big ass face back into my home. And Giselle's like, oh my God, even I'm sick of listening to you and the big ass face. Yeah. Right. Ashley goes, bitch, we have the same size forehead. So Candace goes, she goes, you're, no, it says, you have about two and a half inches higher than me or whatever. And so Andy's no, like. No, you can glue your hairline as far down as you want to, but you still have the same damn forehead. So stop. Yeah. So Andy's like. Why do I wake up to tweet saying fire her? And that's pretty much what this boils down to. He's just sick of people tweeting at him saying fire her, fire her. So he's like, oh my God, you're making my life hell, right? So Candace. But all the way, also, he's kind of such a hypocrite in this moment because what are you, first of all, what are you yelling at somebody for? That's crazy. You're the host of a show. And where was his energy in Beverly Hills? Everybody is tweeting you to fire Erica too. And you sat there and kissed her ass the whole time. You would like grill her on something and then be like, oh my God, you're amazing for answering questions. It's our hero, Erica Jane. You know, and now he's like, and now I have to wake up to tweet saying fire her. Like, yeah. Doesn't she get a raise for that? I mean, in your book? Yeah. I mean, that's a really, that's a really, really good point. I think Andy kind of, um, he's actually been pretty good about like not bubbling over into sort of like fandom and i think in that moment he kind of became like a little bit of a he was sort of reacting like a viewer and not a moderator so uh candace um is like uh like she's like well it has less to do with me and more to do with the people who can't keep up with what i say so she's basically saying like the problem is not that i say horrific things the problem is that i just do it so well and i do it so quickly that right. people just can't pick, keep up with people my- are stupid Right, people she's are stupid if they don't awful. get her. Yeah. But also, she keeps doing this thing whenever she's called on somebody. She says, but they all do it. It's not just me. Like, she say, he says, uh, everybody's saying fire you. And she goes, yeah, but they say fire her and fire her and fire her. He goes, no, because what they're saying about you is in regards to what comes out of your mouth. And she's like, no, I'm just too smart for everybody, basically, like you just said. And he's like, but you're the common denominator! (laughs) Yeah. She goes, if you cannot handle someone orating or speaking to you, he's like, (laughs) you know, I think actually this is the difference between her and Erica, which is that, you know, Erica is also all over and she kind of doesn't take any responsibility, but she's able to speak in a way where it sounds like she is. You know, she's able to, to have like a faux upfrontness, but if you, when you go back and dissect it, you see how she very easily deflects away. But Candace doesn't have that, doesn't have that, that grift in her. She's just very, like her deflection is so obvious that it's, it becomes obvious that she is um, not taking any ownership. And so therefore she gets grilled. 
Like when she says, yeah. if you can't handle my oration, <laughs> for crying out loud. Yeah, it's like, when you can't handle someone orating, and he goes, orating. And Giselle's like, but you threw the salad first. Ah. And she says, I threw a piece of lettuce. And Karen goes, it was too. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a baby gem and romaine. So so Giselle goes, you know what? Uh, if by chance after I saw that, uh, what you after what I saw that I saw, if Mia clocked you, I'd be like, because of the severity of of what you were saying to her, uh, which is oh, funny if okay. you go back to last season and that meeting uh-huh. she had at her house. Oh, you don't need a bodyguard, Giselle? Really? <laughs> you don't need to bring a bodyguard to scenes now because you saw some salad fly? Fucking hypocrite. Yeah. So um, Candace is like, what you are all failing to remember is that I never start any of it. I always am responding to someone who is, <laughs> this would be a good time for me to cry, <laughs> disrespecting me. Oh, God. Guess you do start it. You start it all the fucking time. I mean, that thing with Mia was like a whole other fight that you guys had already talked about. And then you started it again at the cabinet, screaming at her when she walked into the kitchen. So yeah. maybe you didn't start the original fight, but you had already had that fight. So you started it then. Well, she you started per- that whole crazy She perceives show. slights. She perceives slights, and she's very insecure. So in her mind, she doesn't start it because someone has done something to her, and then she responds. But I think most human beings would see a slight or or what she sees as a slight as, like, nothing and would move on. So in her mind, she's been totally justified because she's just been, you know, standing her ground. Yeah, but it's like the fight already happened. She's, like, bringing it onto the vacation, making it a, a new thing. Like, it had never happened before. And that fight had already happened. Well, she just, so she, just she started totally, it on the vacation. Well, she has... She truly is insecure uh, for whatever reason. And, like, she's unable to let things slide off her back. Because I think that the salad thing was chiefly kind of... Uh, it got like the, the bee got in her bonnet or in her bonnet when Mia walked by and was like, "These girls don't these these broke ass bitches don't understand being a CEO." Whatever it was that she said on the phone, and that's what set Candace off, right? Right, but she was saying that because Candace was going coming for her in that bedroom. So if we're that's gonna go, if if Candace is gonna go with the well, they started it. You started it. That's what I'm saying. Like it all goes back to you fucking starting that fight, lady. So you can't say like it's okay for you to act a certain way because other people start it, but then when you start it and other people react, it's like <laughs> and crying with your fucking poster boards. Yeah. Quiet. So, um, so Giselle Giselle basically says the thing that is like makes the most sense, right? She says, moving forward, uh, all I'm going to ask is that you need to be able to edit yourself. Uh. And she's like, you, you, when you get that angry, you just go to a different place. Uh, and it's like, you're not even there anymore. And she goes, oh, I'm in there. And she goes, well, you're a different person. Uh, you know, you, you get rat-a-tat-tat-tat. And Woody's like, ha, 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 that was me. That's my joke. And Candace is like, well, also, I have to say. Okay, and then this is where Candace really blows it. Because so far, she's been saying, you know, if I had known that Mia had trauma about her mom, and if I knew about Mia's mom's trauma, blah, 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 right? So she looked, she kind of swept that under the rug. So she's like, also, I have to say, I have an issue with Mia saying that if her mother were to relapse, that would be on me. And Wendy's like, me too, me too. So she goes, the facts are, you brought your mother onto this show to parade around for your storyline, and if she relapses, that is on you. Isn't that what? kind of like, well, wait. That well, is so fucked up. Oh my God! Although so you're that's saying what you've been that it's saying, not Ronnie. fair? No, I no. Well, for I'll get to what I've been saying. Okay, but clarify. what Candace is saying to say 
you can't blame somebody else for somebody relapsing, but then to, in the next breath, say, it's your fault if she relapses. You fucking hypocrite. Well, What I'm saying is it's not really cool to bring your mom on here. But okay. if Mia's mom relapses, it's Mia's mom's fault. Yeah. It's nobody else's fault. Like, people don't get to just blame, pass the blame on for their own addiction to fucking everybody else. There might be reasons, but anybody who's ever been to any kind of treatment or tried to get sober knows you cannot do it when you're blaming other people. If she relapses, it's her own fucking problem. Like, let's, that's her own fault, and it's her own journey, right? And let's also not forget, when Candace says, like, you brought your mother onto this platform to parade around for your storyline, I'm like, hello, Dorothy, <laughs> yeah. What has your storyline been for the past four years? That's Dorothy, and now you're now you're sad because your family will never be the same. It's like you brought your mom onto this show, so ma'am, take your yeah. Own this advice. whole thing is gross, but I do think that it was gross for me to bring on her mom because if she's in such a fragile place, why would you put her like in public scrutiny? like that and yeah. then talk about how you know how much she ruins your life in every scene i mean my mother wanted help. to tell a story <laughs> she wanted to tell her story and inspire people which i i don't I, I can't say whether or not that's true it doesn't feel like her mom looks very much like oh my god i'm on tv but um you know either way uh you know <laughs> it was it's definitely a dicey situation and it is um, yeah and, and she's like, you would never understand, you spoiled brat. And Candace is like, you're right, I wouldn't. <laughs> and so she says, I don't even know why I'm talking to her. And she goes, you ruined that opportunity by de- being disrespectful to me. And so Mia's just like, fuck her. And Candace says, oh, fuck me, fuck me. Uh, just Candace. And that's God, where it ended. Oh I, I actually God. felt like, I was like, wow, they covered a lot of ground in this first episode. I don't know how we're going to get three more. I'm I'm sure the next episode will be like the fun and games one. It'll be the stupid stuff about like, you know, just, they, there's always one episode where they just put, it's always the second episode where they just put the stuff that does, doesn't really matter. So next episode will probably be dull. And then the third episode will probably be the good stuff. And then the fourth episode will be Nicki Minaj, who I think she gets into a fight with Candace. One can hope. I guess we'll see, everybody. Well, it was fun. It was Everybody, fun. thanks so much for being with us today. Join us on Green Room tonight, 7 yep. p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Go buy tickets for Crappens Live. And we'll see you next time. All right, my little darlings. Bye, everyone. Watch What Crappens would like to thank its premium sponsors. Ain't no thing like Alison King. Ashley Savoni, she don't take no baloney. She's not just a Sheila, she's a Daniela. Itchels, Dana C. Dana Do. Aaron McNicholas, she don't miss no trickolus. Hava Nagila Weber. Jamie, she has no less namey. Sip some scotch with Jessica Trotch. Just saying, okay. We McLovin, Karen McClellan. She's always supplying, it's Kelly Ryan. Kristen the Piston Anderson. Megan Berg, you can't have a burger without the Berg. You don't touch the Nicky Morgan letters. There ain't no problem that Sarah Salvia can't solve ya. The Bay Area Betches, Betches. And our super premium sponsors. Better than Tabbouleh, it's Annie and Julie. Somebody get us 10 cc's of Betsy MD. Always the wiser, it's Allison Weasler. We're taking the gold with Brenda Silva. She's cheese on a bagel, it's Megan Ragel. Erica, 500 days of summers. The incredible edible Matthew sisters. Don't get salty with Christine Pepper. Let's go on a bender with Lauren Fender. My favorite Murdo, Karen McMurdo. No one makes us feel well like Megan 
Cap Sewell. Mina Coochie Coochie Coochie. Give him hell, Miss Noel. Sarah Greenwood, she only uses her power for good. Kristen, the Ruby Rubano. Can't have a meal without the Emily sides. Shannon, out of a cannon, Anthony. Let's get racy with Miss Stacy. Let's take off with Tamla Plain. She ain't no shrinking Violet Kuchar. We love you guys.